ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, keeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position. Ain't no issue commission. As a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing. Cause I'll be willing and dealing. Find me the trade. Cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy. And I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply. I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 73 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. I am your host, Rocky Petrella, at Dynasty FF Addict on Twitter. Back here with my man, Andrew Hall, at Andrew Hall FF. Andrew, we're actually recording with no game on tonight. How are you feeling? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It feels kind of weird, but I'm looking forward to it. Let's let's not have any distractions. Let's just zoom in on the conversation. I like yeah, we're t- recording a little early because it's Thanksgiving. Our normal day's Thursday. We're obviously not doing it Thanksgiving night. Uh, we got a great guest with us here on Tuesday night, uh, John Luke Garofalo of Front Yard Fantasy. Uh, John Luke, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you, fellas, for having me on. It's about damn time. <laughs> and uh, one thing I didn't put on the sheet, but I, I, I've been meaning to ask you about. I, I guess I could have told you for the show, but I said I just sprang it on you. Um, how, like I was always wondering, how did you guys decide to do like the whole game show thing? Like I, I'm a part of DGN, which I think was around before you guys, but isn't like like out there everywhere that everybody is like knows about it. So I don't even know if you guys were aware of it, but uh, but it's I think it's a really great thing, and you guys are doing it every day. You're doing it as a live stream, whereas DGN is just an occasional podcast. And it's it's just uh, I was just always curious how you guys came up with that idea and, and got and maybe even got together in the first place. Yeah, so uh, so I, I'm joined every day by uh, my two two of my best friends, Simon Gruneveld and Josh Fuster. And then we have a guest, a new guest on every single day from the, the fantasy community. Uh, yeah, we started doing the pot. It started as a pod- podcast in March 2020. Uh, at the time, we were building a, a trade negotiation platform. Uh, and, and we were getting into the industry. Simon and I have been full-time. Josh Josh wanted to get involved, and, and we thought a great way to do that was by starting doing a podcast. Nick Ercolano from Big Dogs Gotta Eat actually uh, urged me. He's like, you know, you should start creating content uh, while you're building the product. And and so we didn't, we weren't sure whether, like, what, what kind of content we wanted to create, if it was going to be, like, trading-focused, since that was the product, or if it was going to be something else. Uh, so we were playing around with a few things, and one of them was this just idea that we had, and it was actually Pole Perception, uh which and we that was like the first game we played it was like our kind of our original game and that was all we played on the podcast it was like once a week sort of ish <laughs> uh it took so long to edit that sometimes we just like would wait and, and it, it wouldn't come out every week um <laughs> and then i actually found uh dgn that summer uh i found out about dgn i remember walking rosie and and uh listening to i i it must have been like russ and i remember casey Casey Kasem, I think, was on there. Yeah, she's can't remember who before. else. Yeah, and I, I just remember listening to that one and listening to the games. And like, wow, this is kind of similar to what we're doing. Uh, yeah, and then and then we ended up moving to a live stream uh, at the at the suggestion of Nando Defino from the Athletic. Uh, he was like, "You got to get on YouTube. Like, you got to build that way." And so we we switched to that, and that 
Sort of was like the the genesis of the, the fantasy football game show. I love how John Lynch just casually just name dropping all these people that helped helped him guide which way to go. And all hey, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm uh, sitting on the shoulders of giants here. I, I can't take credit for a lot of these ideas because a lot of it was from advice. You know, it's like we were. It was just really so stupid. organic like, though, <laughs> so natural. Like just like oh, these are my friends. I know. Yeah, they, <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I remember one time I was having a conversation with Jay on. He's like, "Yeah, I was I was on the phone with Scott Fish the other day, and uh, it's like, oh yeah, that's nice. That's <laughs> my man. That's my man. If you would have told me like a year and a half ago that Scott is like a, a good, probably one of my closest friends in the industry, I would have been like, what? You're kidding me? Like, come <laughs> comes and watches our show every day. That's stupid. But well, yeah, the, the game, yeah, the game show stuff, the YouTube the live stream is awesome. I, I've been, been lucky enough to be on there a couple of times, uh, beating, beating your like guys' you asses a couple of times. Yeah, every single time. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, not so, so much yeah. of an achievement, Rocky. We're, we're very <laughs> That, that is true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's very easy. Yeah, it was funny. The first time I was on, uh, it was my birthday, and the three of them sang happy birthday to me. It was the worst thing I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we just we actually stopped doing that for like 10 months, and then we just brought it back this past Friday because Tim, uh, one, Simon Simon, and my best friend, we were all like three best friends in college. Uh, Tim is always on our fun Friday. Uh, you know, every, you know, anyone who's watched our show yep. knows Tim. He's zany Tim, uh, and it was his birthday. So for his birthday, we sang, and it was nice. beautiful. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure perfect harmonies. Yes, every time. <laughs> okay, we'll get a we'll get right into some of the injury and news stuff we wanted to talk about. Um, the first thing is this actually happened prior to the games, but uh, uh, before uh, after our last show. So Chris Carson has seizing ending uh, neck surgery. I think it was called disc fusion surgery, which does not sound good. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so he's done for the year. And uh, I guess the first question I have is, 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 is Chris Carson's dynasty value pretty much dust at this point? Do you, do you even think he's coming back like 27, 28 year old with neck surgery? I'll jump in here and say, maybe that's not helpful at all. Hang on. Let me, let me clarify. <laughs> It's possible, but <laughs> unlikely. How about that? Is that better? Like, I, I just traded away Chris Carson in one league. It was a big three-way trade, a, like a first-time three-person trade in our home dynasty league, uh, where I, I sent Josh Jacobs and Chris Carson and a 23 first, and I got back Eckler and Julio and a 22 third or something like that. And I was just like, I just want Carson off my team. You know, like, I, I just don't think there's hey, any real value there. I, I don't, I don't, I'm again, rewind the clock to about five weeks ago. I was all on the Chris Carson train. Even when he got hurt, I'm like, buy him, buy him, buy him. He's the guy. He's the guy. If he's having season end ending neck surgery, I, I'm worried. I'm really worried. There is a potential that he never plays again. And I hate to say that, but there is a potential in this league in this time, in this day and age. And on that team that he never plays it down again. I, I am, I am out. I am done. And I think if, again, maybe if you can send a fourth and get him back, sure, right? Like something that doesn't matter. But, and I, I feel bad because I like Chris Carson, the player. I think he, he got a bad rap. He was a great value, but RIP. I, I, I just think he's done. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm with the Andrew. I mean, just uh, without the seizing any next surgery, a guy his age, I think, was going to have very little value in terms of trading or in, in, in ADP and things like that in Dynasty. Um, and production was probably going to be iffy after this. I Like I said, I, I think it's uh, there's a chance he doesn't even play again. And 
I'm, I'm not really interested in even, even at a fourth. I mean, I guess maybe I throw a fourth because fourths are worthless pretty much, but, but that's about it. But uh, JL, uh, any thoughts, uh, you have any interest in, in Alex Collins going forward? He has not produced very well. So uh, he's, he's, he, but he's the next man up there and has been for a little for, while. For contenders this year. Absolutely. There's interest in, in Alex Collins. I'm not trading for him. I'm not uh, investing any sort of long-term value or hope uh, into Alex Collins. I, I'm a Ravens fan. I've watched him uh, when he was here in Baltimore He's he's decent. I don't think he is a great running back um, uh, this season. I'm I'm fine rolling him uh, in my in my my teams, my lineups. But going forward after that, not so much. Yeah, and I, I'm a little worried. Even I have him on some rushes. I got him early in the season before Carson was hurt, actually, because uh, I'll, I'll sometimes pick up backup guys that I think have a chance, and it, it worked out with him. But even having him on a bunch of rosters, I, I feel like I rarely feel confident enough to start him. So. Uh, it's tough rolling him out there even now. The other thing is that we don't know what that team is going to do next year at the running back position, right? Like it's not Carson. It's not Penny. I don't think who is it going to be like if they had, like if it was Deandre Swift and Chris Carson, he'd be dead three weeks ago. Right. Like, it's just like, who cares? But uh, it literally could be Carson. Like that's kind of what gives him that optimistic hope. It's what gives you that. Like he's worth a fourth kind of logic, right? Where it's like, we don't know who it's going to be. It could be this guy. Like it could be, it, we don't know what's in the box. It could be a boat. Like it's the same thing. Like we don't know. What we're, so I think that's part of why it's so confusing. It's not obvious. It's not Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson and Chris Carson. It's not Joe Mixon and Chris Carson. Like it's, it could be his job, but I'm not willing to risk it. I'm just, I'm done. I'm out. Or, or it could be Isaiah Spiller. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or there CJ actually Spiller. are a couple of rookies that could be. Yeah. 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 CJ Spiller. That would be bad. <laughs> that would be interesting. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm out. The other, the, the, other, uh, <laughs> the other prominent injury we had to talk about was to a running back as well. Uh, Michael Carter, guy I liked a lot. Uh, he was my RB4 from this class after the big three names. Uh, and uh, he's shown a little bit here. He's good in the passing game. Uh, so he's going to be out for a little bit, though. So we got uh, Tevin Coleman. And uh, Ty Johnson basically replacing him. Uh, again, any interest in these replacements? Uh, Ty Johnson has had some value this year. Uh, what do you think, Jay? Are you just avoiding the Jets altogether because Zach Wilson's coming back? <laughs> Definitely avoiding the Jets. He's still on the Jets. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think Ty Johnson is worth being rostered just for the, the flex value in the, in the next coming weeks. And, and Andrew, uh, is this are you what are you what are your thoughts on Carter? I mean, is this maybe uh, maybe while he's not getting points for people, is this a buy low opportunity? Because uh, I like I said, I do like I don't think he ever has real true RB one potential, but I like him as a, a guy that can be a solid RB two for you for a few years here, and then you know until the the Jets move on to the next big thing. Well, I, I like to say that the context matters, right? The context is everything. And and I think, honestly, the context with Carter matters a lot. If it, if the guy that has Carter in your league drafted him eight, nine months ago, they're not getting rid of him now, right? Like if they took him then, they trusted him then, they they maybe they got him in the mid-second or something. Maybe they got lucky and they, they got good value on him. They're not trading him now because they know this value is low. They know this value is not the time to trade him. So what I think your only real chance to buy low on Carter is on someone who has traded for him or traded to get him in the last couple of weeks to try to make a playoff push and it didn't work out, right? Somebody who's like, hey, 
I need to go all in. I'm going to trade some picks or something for Michael Carter. And now he's hurt. And now I'm freaking out again. I got to pivot to somebody else. That's really, I think your only chance to buy Carter light to buy Carter low. Cause I think if you're going to, if you're going to send an offer for Carter, it's going to have to be a good offer. I mean, he's still a rookie. He's still on an offense that has a lot of upside and a lot of potential, but I mean, I don't know. I don't mind. I don't mind kicking the tires. How many times do I say it? Right. Send the offer. You never know. Right. Send, send an option, send, see what you can do. Right. Send something and see what the, the manager is. Maybe they're fed up. Maybe they're out. You never know. Um, but I mean, I'm willing to try for sure, but man, I don't know. I don't know. He, he worries me this year for sure because of the injury. And if I can't trust him this year, I don't know if I can trust him next year because everything is so in flux for running backs. It's just, yeah. I don't know. It makes me a little nervous. That's a good point. And, and especially it's hard to trust anybody with the jets. And like I said, I, I'd almost feel better if Zach Wilson was out for the rest of the year. Um, I agree. Just, Cause every yeah. other quarterback is, has performed pretty well, except Zach Wilson, especially with uh, the running backs. My goodness. Yeah. Like, uh, Jesus. Like oh, Mike White, the other one was it against was the Bengals against my home team, right? Machine, yeah. Off everything like 20 passes to the running backs. Like that's awesome. But Zach Wilson ain't going to do that. Speaking with the uh, Peng's picks in the chats, uh, that that Ochocinco display is nice, Andrew. Peng. Oh, it's signed too. Who day? And then there was also a couple of contract pieces of news this week. Dallas Goddard is extended. I believe it was four years, fifty-seven million. I'm not sure the exact guaranteed money. I think it was in the thirty somewhere. Uh, we talked a little bit about Goddard on the on the last uh, show last week, Andrew. So I'll throw this one to to JL. What are your what are your thoughts now that you know that uh you know on Goddard as a dynasty asset now that you know he's he's tied to the Eagles for the next uh, several years and uh looks like Jalen Hurts may be his quarterback for the next at least I think into next year I think he's playing his way and they're winning their way into into Hurts getting himself another year but I guess we'll see yeah Goddard Goddard has looked very good uh they traded away Hurts to, to the Cardinals as everyone knows uh, I was just looking. Uh, I haven't looked at the, the updated target shares this week, but for last week, Goddard has seen uh, one of the, the, the biggest jumps in target share uh, amongst all players, uh, you know, fantasy players, so skill position players. Um, and and so I, that what that tells to me is that that they are confident in Goddard going forward. Contract reinforces that. I'm very bullish on Goddard. I think he he definitely works his way up into that that to me that tier three of of tight ends. Yeah, and that's kind of what we had talked about last week. That uh, I think we all agreed, me, Andrew, and Scott, who's not here tonight, that he, it, it's hard to see him ever working him uh, working his way up into that real difference maker tier, like a Kelsey or a Waller. But uh, that he's definitely kind of like you said, sort of in a tier three, probably below. And you know, he's right as definitely right now, he's below guys like Andrews. Um, what pits, I guess, what we expect him to be, and uh, so yeah, so. I, I do get, this give me a little more confidence that he's now there. Cause when we talked about him last week, we were all kind of a little iffy. And part of that was the uncertainty about his future. Um, not, you know, whether he'd be with the Eagles. And as I said, even if he was with the Eagles, who his quarterback would be. And I do think now, I think we probably know what's hurts next year. Um, that obviously things can change, but uh, I, I do like him a little more. And the the targets there, I think are pretty concentrated with him and Devante. There's, there's not a lot of options, at least right now. Uh, they will have some cap space next year once his num once his number will come off the books, uh, and if Hertz is the quarterback, they won't be paying pretty much anything for a quarterback, so that'll help a lot too. But any thoughts on Goddard, uh, Andrew? 
I, I totally agree with what JL said. He's in that third tier because the fourth tier is everyone else, right? Like tight end is yeah. such a weird thing. Like the first tier is Kelsey. Second tier is kind of, and again, this is up for debate. First tier is Kelsey. Second tier is kind of like Waller, Andrews, maybe Hawkinson. I don't know. It depends <laughs> if he, if he steps up, maybe Pitts, right? He's in that. Like you got to see that third tier is kind of like that Goddard, Gasecki, Irv Smith, maybe like some of these guys that you like yeah. Troutman, like these names you've heard of, but they're not really doing anything. And the fourth tier is just everyone else. So like it's I'm not even that's not exhaustive. There are plenty of names I'm not listing, but I think that's kind of where I don't mind having a third tier tight end in a system where there are really only three tiers. Right. And, and there are so few tight end ones. I don't mind starting Goddard every week. I really don't. And I think it, it is a risk. It is. There is some. See, Dave gets it, but like there are, there are some definitely, there are some risks with starting a guy like Goddard on an offense like the Eagles, where it, you don't know what you're going to get. They could run for six touchdowns and pass for eight yards, right? Like who knows what you're getting with that team? And Hertz, I do believe, is going to be the quarterback, and that helps Goddard. And the contract signing shows you that the team cares about Goddard, which is helpful. So like all of this lines up to be like, yeah, he's what is he tight end eight, tight end nine? I I totally get that, but in the world where there are three or four tight ends that are really worth starting and everyone else is kind of like a jumble. Is it great? I don't know, but it's better than it could be. It's better than starting Dawson Knox every week and just praying for a touchdown, right? Like at least he's going to get volume. So yeah. I mean, like we said before, he, I, I like him. I don't love him, but if he steps up and becomes Hertz's main target and becomes the Darren Waller of this offense, he could be a beast. So I'm on board. Sure. Yeah, and I think Dave, Toronto Dave in the chat did say it best. It's, it, he's basically an every week starter, but not elite. And I, I don't know that he ever gets to elite, but he's a guy you can plug in every week and not really worry about the position, I think. And if you don't want to play up for that. Well, you don't love it. You don't the, love it. You're not excited about starting. Well, Goddard, say but love you're it, looking say, at it like yeah. well, it's better than Logan Thomas. It's better than, you know, some weeks Dalton Schultz. So like, you know, better than some. Yeah. And uh, M- M- Maria, uh, JL's girlfriend's in the chat. So only here, so JL won't fire. Uh, That's true. Parroting <laughs> what uh, Joey said, and they're both very much correct. <laughs> I run an authoritarian ship over there. <laughs> and then the other, uh, the other big contract news this week, which was bizarre to me, is uh, first the Denver Broncos extend Tim Patrick, which was like, okay, whatever. Tim Patrick, he's a nice little player. He is a good NFL wide receiver. Not always as great for fantasy, but uh, and it was a decent sized contract. I think it was about ten mil a year. And then, and then I actually posted in a chat. I believe it was a chat, maybe that the, the the group chat I'm in with JL actually that I think this means that they're not keeping Sutton. <laughs> and, and then, like three days later, they they extend Sutton to to an even bigger contract, which yep. I I I don't get throwing all this money at the wide receivers. I I, I mean, if you have you have, you know, Sutton, you already have Judy and you have Patrick. Why do you need to extend Sutton when Fant. he's going to be? Yeah, you have Fant, Albert O, who's shown just as much as Fant has in limited, much more limited opportunities, I believe. So, Andrew, what do you make of all this? I, well, easy answer is I have no freaking clue what this team is doing, right? Like, I, But I get the logic, too, though. Like, these are good players. You want good players on your team. So I totally get the logic of, like, locking these guys down. And, and again, I'm, I'm not a contract expert from, from what I've seen, both of these contracts for Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton were, you could argue anyway, were lower than what they might've gotten on the free agency market. 
Like they're lower than what Kansas City or Pittsburgh or Green Bay might have paid for them. So maybe it's the logic of, well, if we sign them and and take a discount on them and see how we can grow the team. Uh, Look at it this way. Denver doesn't have to look at running backs or sorry, receivers or even running backs, really, for the next two or three years. Right. Like they can build everything else. They've got the receivers locked in. They do need a quarterback. I think we all agree that that is one of their weakest positions on offense. And so now it frees them up to say, okay, we don't need to worry about these other positions. We've got Fant, we've got Judy, we've got Sutton, we've got uh, Patrick, we've got the guys locked in. Now we just got to get a quarterback that can get them the ball. And so maybe there's some logic there where it's like, hey, let's go get these guys signed for what we believe to be less than market value. And this is kind of what we do in Dynasty, right? Where you trade for players for value more than production, where it's like, this is a good deal. Why wouldn't I take this? Like, you want me to just send a second for Sutton? I'll take that. Do I need a receiver? No, but that's great value. And I might be able to flip them for something later. Maybe they're listening to us, right? Maybe the Denver Broncos are listening to the dynasty players and are like, it's a good idea. Why don't we do that? So I don't know. I mean, long story short, I am still looking at Sutton. I am still looking at Patrick even really as potential buy candidates. Anytime you get a receiver locked down, that's somebody I want because they're most likely not going anywhere. Maybe you can get them on the cheap from somebody who's like fed up with their production. But in dynasty, especially in rebuilds, that's who you're looking for is somebody who's going to be there for the long haul and not going to have a lot of chaos in their life. But maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. See, it's funny for me. This actually makes me worry a little more about Sutton. Uh, now that really? I know he's staying in Denver, a couple well, of reasons. Okay. The quarterback situation, um, which, you know, there's definitely rumors. There could be upgrades there next year. Um, but even if they, even if they move on from Teddy, if they don't get a Rogers and they move on to a rookie, that doesn't excite me either. And the other thing is, being opposite Judy, I mean, maybe it's just Teddy or maybe it's it's what the front office wants or what the coaching staff wants, but it seems like every time they play together, Judy Judy's getting peppered and Sutton's barely getting anything. So so what are your thoughts on this, uh, JL? Uh, you know, Sutton, is, is it a good thing that he's locked up or is it a bad thing that he's in Denver? <laughs> uh, yes, is my answer to that. Um, <laughs> Good analysis. Yeah, I like that. It yeah. is it is funny that Denver is giving so much money to someone they barely give any targets to. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that right. changes. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know that this, like, it's necessarily good or bad for Sutton because it's like Schrodinger, Schrodinger's cat, right? Like, we don't know where he would have gone if he wasn't in Denver. It could have been worse. Uh, it's fine for Cortland Sutton. It's good that he's locked up. It's good. You know, go, go get paid, Cortland Sutton. I'm, I'm cool with that. Um but yeah, I do think that the, the Broncos need to figure out their QB situation. They need to figure out their entire offensive situation. It's it's not every week we get a Scherzinger's cat reference on Dynasty Junkies. I appreciate that, uh, John Lee. Totally got that <laughs> reference, though. That was exactly right. Like We don't yeah. know what he could have been. He honestly, like he might have stayed in Denver anyway, and so this is all kind of moot. But the fact that it was one week after, not even one week, actually, after the Patrick signing, it kind of, I think you put it perfectly, Rocky. As soon as Patrick signed, everyone was like, whoop. There goes Sutton. They're not going to sign. They signed Sutton. Okay, now I don't know what to do. Like, it was this weird, like, because it was within a week, it made it extra confusing, you know? Yeah. Okay, so that pretty much finishes up all the injury and news stuff we had for this week. It wasn't a a lot going on. Thankfully, there weren't any, you know, crazy major uh, injuries this past uh, weekend. So uh, we're going to get into... What we wanted to do, the main thrust of the show this week, was talk about some late-season trade targets. Uh, Basically, guys, you might be looking for down the stretch here to acquire um, in Dynasty Leagues. 
assuming uh, most of us, I think, did it from a contender's point of view. Re- rebuilds, I think it's generally kind of the same thing all the time. You want young guys, you want rookies, you want picks, and you want injured players. So go do that if you're rebuilding. Uh, <laughs> but we're talking about some specific players we like uh, uh, going forward here to, to, to kind of purchase down the stretch to help you win those titles. So um, I guess I'll, I'll go first with one of the ones I came up with, which was uh, – Miles Sanders, I kind of some guys at different price points here, I feel like. And Miles Sanders is probably the cheapest. Uh, he came back this week, didn't do, didn't go crazy for fantasy or anything, but had a, had a nice little game if, if you watched him. He looked good. Um, he looked healthy. And the Eagles as a team are, are running the ball like crazy. Ever since the Lions game uh, about four weeks ago, uh, it's, it's basically been what they do. It's it's They kind of t- don't done a total 180 here where Sirianni was having Hurts throw the ball all over the field. And obviously he was not looking good doing that. Um, people were talking about him getting benched at that point, possibly. And he flipped the script and it's kind of become their identity. But just this past week, they faced the Saints who were the number one run defense in the league and ran for like 240 yards on them. And they just keep running it no matter who they're playing, no matter, you know, they've been lucky that most of these game scripts have been favorable for them to do so. But I kind of feel like unless they're getting blown out, you're going to see it's at least a 50-50 split pretty much. So he should get volume. Howard getting hurt helps that also, who's got banged up this week. Doesn't look like he's going to play at least in week 12. Maybe, you know, I don't know the extent of it going forward, but that only helps this even more. I mean, Gainwell and uh, Gainwell will probably be back involved. Scott will be back involved. But even this past week, it was uh, it was a lot more Sanders than Howard until uh, the second half when maybe they uh, maybe they wanted to use Howard as the hammer a little bit towards the end. He's more of a downhill runner. So I, I really like it. I think this is the cheapest you've probably been able to get Miles Sanders in Dynasty since he was drafted. So I don't know that it costs you more than a late first at this point. I mean, he really has not produced a lot. He's coming off an injury. I, I think there are some people who are just ready to get out on him. So. So, uh, uh, Andrew, what do you think of that one? Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. Miles Sanders is one of those guys I've been trying to get on a couple specific teams that I need that kind of RB2 kind of option all year. And I feel like you're, you're exactly right. Now might be your best chance because he came back. He was injured. So a lot of people were like, well, he's injured. He'll be back. I'm not going to sell him low. And then he came back and he didn't really dominate, right? He wasn't like awesome on the stat sheet, which is what a lot of people look at. I think he did well. He didn't do great. And I think there is potential for him to do better as he comes back out of this injury. So if I'm contending, and again, that's kind of where we're going with this. If I'm contending and I, let's say I had uh, Derek Henry and Javante Williams, and now I'm out Derek Henry and Javante is my RB one or something where it's like, you know, my, my, my whole world has shifted from where I was at in week six. Um, Miles Sanders is a prime target for me to send. A, I don't know, like a late first, right? Like, let's see what it can get done. Let's see what we can do. So I love that logic. And I think, too, with Miles Sanders on that team, as much as you hate to say it, he could be one of those guys that is very boomer bust. And as we go down the stretch here, those guys are valuable in a certain regard. If your team is very blah, then Miles Sanders is the perfect addition because he is very not blah, right? He is very much a three touchdowns or three touches. We don't know what we're getting with that guy. And so part of me is like, I like getting Sanders for the right price. If I'm a contender, let me go all in. Let me see what I can do. But I'm not going to overpay for him, right? Where I'm not going to like spend crazy and just go send the house. No, no, no. Let me see what I can get. Let me get reasonable with this. But at the same time, I do like that pick. And I thought that was a good choice of yours by putting him on there. 
Yeah, no, and yeah, I yeah, agreed. You're not going to pay a ton for him. That's part of the reason I like him is, is I think you can get him fairly cheap. I mean, I, there you could try. There may be people out there do it for a second or two uh, right. at this point. So, And the other thing, this is going to be a little bit of a theme of, of the guys I came up with, is he's got a very nice schedule down the stretch as well. Very Giants, nice. Jets, football team who's decent against the run, but should at least have positive probably game scripts. I and mean, they're not going to get blown out by the, the football team. Even if, even if they happen to lose to Washington, I don't think they're getting blown out. So they'll be able to run uh, anytime they want probably in that game. It's just a matter of how effective it is. Uh, so, JL, if you have any thoughts on Miles Sanders, you can give them and then you can go into one of yours. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned Miles Sanders in our stream as a buy-low candidate earlier in the season. Um, Long-term, Dynasty, I'm, I'm not super confident in Miles Sanders. I, I wasn't super confident going into this season. Uh, I, I think he is a good buy low candidate just for the fact that I think he'll keep getting opportunities. It seems like the, the Eagles offense is, is pretty uh, dedicated to, to giving him those opportunities. Sirianni heard everybody complaining, uh, you know, that what are you doing? Why? What are you doing with your running back usage here? Uh, and, you know, he came out of the gate giving him a, a, bunch, of, a bunch of carries this past week. Uh, I see someone mentioned in the chat. He did fumble, uh, but then Jordan Howard got hurt, so he came right back to Miles Sanders. Uh, yeah, I, I think that he's still a good value at this point, but I'm not. I'm not super bullish on his long term value. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I don't think he. I mean, I think he has some value going forward, uh, but but yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting him to jump into the RB one tier or anything like that. But uh, where do you think he's he... drafted in, in dynasty startup leagues next year? <sighs> Man, eighth round, fourth round, it literally could be anywhere, right? Like I, I was thinking man. like fifth-ish area, fifth, sixth. Super I'm, I'm thinking, same. I'm I'm thinking just, super flex. So I'm just saying there are some too. there are some drafts, there are some leagues I'm in where Sanders is worth nothing. And then there are some where he is an RB two, like an actual value. So I like that fifth, sixth, but like there are leagues I'm sure he'd go in the eighth. It'd be weird. You know what I mean? Like, how did he last this long? Because everyone's like, I don't want him. And Jay, Jay Mike's in the chat saying starting Miles Sanders mm-hmm. and trusting Sirianni is terrifying. Jay Mike, just I, follow I, me around tonight. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't totally, I don't totally yeah. disagree like with that, Mike. but but I think the one thing you can trust is Sirianni is going to run the hell out of the ball at this point, uh, it, which is amazing that I feel I feel like I'm amazed that I'm saying that because he had a game literally like six weeks ago where the running backs got three carries the entire game, uh, which is unheard of. So, um, so, but the, he's just, like I said, he's just watching. I, you know, I watch the Eagles every week. I'm an Eagles fan and it's just, they just run the ball. It's like I said, every chance they can get, they, they just, it's, it's what they do now. It's like become their identity. So, uh, Joe, I didn't want to give a, uh, yeah. And that's the other thing. Yeah, it is working. They've won three out of the last four and the, the other one was a three point loss to it. A pretty, Pretty decent Chargers team. Uh, but I, I keep trying to throw it to JL, and I keep getting sidetracked. So, Andrew, stop doing that. No. <laughs> but, uh, JL, what do you think? Uh, what, who's another guy you want to go after? So another trade target uh, for me is DJ Moore. Uh, I feel like DJ Moore's dynasty value, while it didn't probably doesn't take a huge hit this season, it's taken somewhat of a hit. Uh, his target share is astronomical. Yet yeah, it just hasn't converted to, to fantasy production this season. Uh, he's dealing with quarterback issues, right? Sam Darnold, nobody is happy with Sam Darnold, especially not Robbie Anderson. Um, and, and Cam Newton, uh, we saw him throw that touchdown to DJ Moore, but it wasn't a ton of targets to go around with Cam Newton uh, this past weekend. And I think a lot of people 
are, are expecting that to, to be the case going forward. Cam Newton is, is a very much a run heavy quarterback, as most people know. Uh, so I think DJ Moore is a great dynasty by low candidate. I think he'll have many, many good seasons. I think he's a top tier talent uh, as a wide receiver and, and that his value will, will only go up in coming years. Yeah, I agree. I love DJ Moore. I have for a long time and the, the talent's always been there. I wish wish I just wish he could get a quarterback like we like you said. Uh, maybe Cam can help a little bit, but he's going to run, so probably not going to help DJ Moore that much. Uh, not going to be as uh, – maybe a little better targets than what he was getting from Sam Darnold, but we'll see how it goes. I, I just I, – I always wish DJ – if DJ Moore just had more touchdowns this past few seasons, I think he would be regarded so differently, and I think a lot of that's on the quarterback, not DJ Moore. But, uh, Andrew, why don't you get into one of yours? Well, I, I want to say real quick, DJ mm-hmm. Moore is a great pick here because I think that that's one of those guys that whoever has DJ Moore has has ridden that roller coaster all year and might be ready to get off of it. And so like that's one of those things you always got to look at with these buy low or whatever you want to call it, like trade target options, right? Where it's like, is the person who has that player fed up? Maybe, right? DJ Moore is a prime case of that. Um, the one I actually didn't put on the sheet, but I wanted to bring up during this and I didn't put it specifically because of, well, it's in my trade later, but TJ Hawkinson, right? Like he's one of those guys, and especially in tight end premium leagues, a lot of people are still remembering that goose egg that TJ Hawkinson laid two weeks ago, um, where it's like he he didn't do anything. And it, how can I be an elite tight end if I'm not even getting a target or if I'm not even catching the ball? And so I think TJ Hawkinson is one of those guys, especially if you're a contender, you might be a little bit surprised at the price, right? Hawkinson could be going for, who knows, two firsts. He could be going for two seconds and the price on those two differences is huge, right? Like that's a, that's a massive value difference. And I think it's worth kicking the tires, right? Like, let's go see, especially in tight end premium. Let's go see what the guy has. Um, I, I, again, we get into it more later, so I don't want to ruin the the whole ending of this, but <laughs> I think TJ Hawkins is one of those guys that I know you're high on Rocky. I know you're a big fan as am I, but I mean, do you think you consider, I guess maybe that's a better way to put it. Do you consider TJ Hawkinson a buy low or a hold? If you have TJ Hawkinson, are you ready to get off that train or is it more like I'm just going to ride it out? Oh, no, he's definitely a hold. I, I, yep. I, it's sort of like DJ Moore to the nth degree in that he, it, it's a quarterback issue. And again, TJ Hawkinson is super talented. Uh, he, 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 he has been, you know, other than that, that game with the Goff. Uh, a couple weeks ago where they threw for like 40 yards in regulation or something like that. Uh, He has been a target hog. Uh, He only got the one target that game, but he's been uh, getting peppered the rest of the week. So uh, I have no worries about his talent. Uh, He's, uh, he's the kind of tight end who I think even when they get some better talent around him is still going to be a top two target on his team, which is what you're looking for uh, to hopefully get into that elite tier. So I, I'm hoping and maybe I just jumped a, a year early on TJ Hawkinson because I said he would get to that elite tier this year. That's clearly not happening. Uh, but maybe if they can get a legit quarterback in there next year, even a, maybe even one of these rookies, will be, you know, it's hard to believe anybody wouldn't be an upgrade other than, uh, you know, Tim Boyle wouldn't be an upgrade for <laughs> from Jared Goff. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm still big on the Hawkinson train. Uh, definitely buying them low if people are, are doing it because of the dip. And, uh, yeah, I have – probably at least 10 shares of TJ Hawkinson. I haven't been trying to sell any of them. So no. And that's uh, kind of why I was asking, like as someone who has a lot of Hawkinson, you're not ready to get off that train. Right. And that's kind of where it comes down to with DJ Moore. You might with Hawkinson. Most people are not 
And so I put him on here as a target, but I, it's still going to cost an actual price for Hawkinson. Like in, in most leagues, again, I'm, I'm, I'm generalizing here. There are some leagues where a guy might have Kelsey and Hawkinson, or he might have Waller and Hawkinson, right? And he's like, hey, you know what? I'll give up Hawkinson because I've already got a tight end. That's about your only chance. Other than that, yeah, I don't think a lot of people are off that train just yet. He's he's a long-term asset, and you're not going to sell short. Uh, Jordan in the chat said, I heard Rocky and Big Fan on my YouTube page went to James Robinson Highways. <laughs> um, I just want to – I am a big James Robinson guy. I just want to mention that, too, because I, I he's not on any of our, our lists. But uh, I, I like him, too, especially because you can get him fairly cheap, and he's just going to produce week after week. I just bought him for a 23 first in a league. Uh, which got killed on Twitter, by the way, 87-13 in favor of the first, because uh, we always pull the trades in all my leagues after they're made. So people uh, hate I, winning titles. I don't know what yeah, to tell you. Like they I, always I like them picks. I don't know. I thought that was I, I, when I sent it. I didn't think he was going to do it for a single first, even the, the vaunted twenty-three class. So, uh, but I was very happy with it anyway. So, uh, just Great figured trade. I'd throw that out there since it was mentioned in the chat. So, Andrew, you haven't given one of yours yet. Well, so the, the one I wanted to bring up for sure was Mark Ingram. I think if I'm contending, Mark Ingram is one of those guys that is is almost dirt cheap, really. And we've seen Alvin Kamara struggle a little bit this year before he was injured. Now he's injured. What's the reason to run him out there and, and like pound him into the ground? This team isn't going anywhere. And he's really the best player left after Michael Thomas hit the bench. I mean, I don't know why Sean Payton would say, hey, Alvin Kamara, let me give you eight targets and 20 runs a game. What's the point of that? Like what I, I just don't see the benefit on an NFL level. So for me, if I'm contending and I don't have Mark Ingram on my roster, I'm sending a second or a third or whatever, you know, a third and a player, right? Like third and Gabriel Davis from Mark Ingram. I bet you can get that done. I'll bet you can get especially if the other team isn't a contender, which again at this time of year, you you kind of get into that wishy-washy idea of like, well, who's selling him? Is it gonna be a contender is probably not selling Mark Ingram because they're buying him and all this. So again, not every league, but Mark Ingram is one of those guys that I think can put up 10 to 12 points per week in your flex and dominate. And no one is talking about him because he's Mark Ingram and he's back on New Orleans and he's not a flashy name. And dude, I'm telling you right now, Mark Ingram could win titles for people. And to me, that is much more important than having a second round pick that could be worthless. Does anybody remember Amari Rogers, Deami Brown, all these players in the second round that did nothing this year and might do something next year? Maybe who knows? Listen, I could trade Mark Ingram for Amari Rodgers easy right now. Like if you're a contender and you have Amari Rodgers, you're not, you don't want Amari Rodgers. You want Mark Ingram, right? Like if you're going for the title, you want Mark Ingram. That's the guy you want on your bench. If you've got guys like Josh Jacobs and he gets hurt, Mark Ingram is a perfect example to throw in there. So that's someone that I'm trying to get in every contending league I can that I don't already have him. I just think it's he's so dirt cheap. Why not? Like it's just an easy win. And you think even with Kamara back, he's still going to be – even with Kamara back, because again, I don't think they're going to lean on Kamara like we're used to seeing. And I think this is maybe this is the the and I hate to say this because it sounds negative, but maybe this is the end of the run for Kamara as the bell cow back only because that NFL team doesn't need to lean on Kamara like they used to. Right. You used to have Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. That offense flowed. It, now what you're going to have Simeon and, and Kamara and. Callaway, I mean, like the, the team is different. It's entirely different. So part of me says, too. Are we even sure Kamara is going to see the field every week for the rest of the year? I'm not. And there are definitely weeks where if Kamara sits, Ingram is the guy with 20 carries. Like, what the hell? Like, Put him in the lineup. Put him in your flex. If you've got three or four running backs ahead of him, 
that's the exact guy I want to bench if I've got better options. Because I, I think, too, as we go down the stretch, you're going to see more injuries. We're going to see more people wear out and get tired and whatever. And like Ingram is the perfect person to have as a backup. If you're not having to start him, sign me up. I'm not worried about it. No. Yeah, and, and, and Kamara, I mean, hasn't really had to be a bell cow until this year, really. They, they hadn't really been running them the way they were this year. Uh, so they're probably, I mean, that's probably why they traded for him is, is to yep. get him back to that, you know, maybe we'll get you eight to 10 targets, but we're only going to run you like eight to 12 times a game at most. So, Bingo. so yeah, and, and Ingram could definitely get some goal line work. Not that Kamara, you know, Mr. Six TDs from last year can't punch it in at the goal line, but uh, <laughs> definitely I can see them using Ingram in that role as well to, to ease the wear and tear. So, um, uh, JL, any thoughts on, on, on Ingram there? Yeah, long term, uh, I, I know. I think they'll they'll like. I mean, we've seen Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara before uh, in, in this offense. I, I don't think that they'll uh, that Mark Ingram will will affect Alvin Kamara too much when when Alvin Kamara is healthy. But he, Mark Ingram is, uh, you know, I think back to his uh, high value backup slash, you know, maybe uh, even flex worthy type of play uh, in, in this New Orleans Saints offense with not many weapons. Yep. And yeah, and I, like, I, I agree with Andrew. I think he can, uh, you know, he can be valuable in that role. And if he, if he gets you a touchdown, it could be a really nice week. So, and, and he'll get enough that, that he still gives you something otherwise. One other thing I think too, is as we get into the end of this season, running backs are going to matter a lot more to contending teams, right? Like running backs almost always end up winning you titles. And again, I'm over generalizing here, but in most leagues that I'm in, when I get to the down the stretch, it's the running backs that put me over the top. It's the running backs that make it like a championship team versus a contending team. And there is a difference. So for me, Mark Ingram is one of those guys that I'd rather have him on my bench than on my opponent's starting lineup. That's really what it comes down to, right? Like just put him on my team. I don't care what it takes. Yeah. And uh, my next guy is kind of along the Sanders line uh, from earlier. Uh it's actually in the same draft class as Sanders uh, in his third year here, David Montgomery. Uh, he's a guy I feel like that we're kind of perennially underrating at this point. Uh, we kind of uh, just uh, managed to downplay what he did last year when he finished as like a top five running back. And uh, he started off this year pretty nice, had the injury, Hasn't been great since he came back, but he's clearly getting the entire workload. And it, this is almost a repeat of what happened last year. Everybody talked about one of the reasons we downplayed his, his finish last year is that he had this great schedule down the stretch and he took advantage of it. Well, this year he's got, uh, I'm looking at it. And this is per MFL's rankings. I don't know where they pull their rankings of, you know, defenses, but he has, uh, you know, 12, 13, yeah, six opponents, you know, left going to, to week 17 all but one, the Packers, are in the bottom half of the league in rush defense. All but two uh, are in the bottom ten. So uh, he, he's set up for great success here. I believe I heard somewhere he had 95% of the running back touches uh, this past week. So Khalil uh, Herbert is not a threat. I, I was worried about Herbert um, when Montgomery came back from the injury, but it does not seem to be an issue. Damian Williams is not an issue. So uh, the only issue really to worry about is, is that Bears offense and Matt Nagy, but there's rumors he may get fired. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> so if that happens, uh, it might be even better for David Montgomery. Uh, 
So, uh, JL, any thoughts on Montgomery that you can go into an, another trade target? I think he's a great tra- trade target. I think he's uh, the the volume of work tells me that they trust him. And I, I do think he's a talented running back. Um, and I, I think we're starting to see them really lean on him. Um, he's he's more of a work workhorse back than I think a, a lot of running backs in this uh, in the NFL. Okay, who, who's your next guy, JL? So my next guy, who I have here, uh, is J.K. Dobbins. This is a really easy one. I think where a lot of leagues are probably approaching the trade deadline, J.K. Dobbins to me is a great trade target where a lot of people are going to forget about him. Uh, a lot of people don't uh, they, they don't have that recency bias. They haven't thought about him in a while. He's been sitting in their IR, and I think he's a great guy to, to uh, target, see if you can get him before this trade deadline so that you set yourself up for next season. Right. Yeah. So that, that would be one of those re rebuilding ones. And I totally agree. Uh, you know, I, I love Dobbins as, as a potential trade target. Uh, me and Andrew Cohn, a team that, that uh, got kind of driven into the ground by me and my former co-host uh, last season. And we picked up a ton of picks, uh, stripped it to the bones. And then Dobbins is a guy I tried to, to go after and couldn't get, uh, you know, from, for some of our picks that we built up here, but uh uh, Andrew, uh, any thoughts on Dobbins? And then you know, let's get your next one. Yeah, the only thing I would say about Dobbins, I think that um, this is one of those cases where the injury might have helped his value. It kind of insulated it a little bit. Like whatever his value was when he got hurt is kind of what his value is still, which is rare in a way. I don't think he took a hit at all with the injury, which is again not something you see all the time. But I still think you're gonna you're gonna have a hard time getting him off of another team for less than a first plus because they spent a first on him. They saw what he can do. He he didn't, you know, fall apart. He didn't, he wasn't terrible. He wasn't like, you know, Trey Sermon, you know, for lack of a better term, he wasn't into Keel Harry, right? He wasn't one of those bus players. He did well and he will be back next year on a team that likes to run the ball. So I feel like you're going to have to pay a lot to get him, but on a rebuilding team, you might have a couple of things that you could send it's worth it to whoever has the Dobbins on their roster. And I say the Dobbins, but like whoever has Dobbins on their roster, if you, if you've got someone in your league that is contending or is kind of in the middle or is going to make the playoffs and, you know, is, is kind of like, eh, maybe I contend, maybe I don't. And they've got Dobbins. Maybe you send a trade, you know, for something like Miles Sanders plus, you know, and you say, Hey, Dobbins isn't scoring you points at all. I, as a rebuilder would love to have Dobbins on my team because he's not scoring points. A lot of leagues will actually punish you in a way, but like if you if you're scoring points, you lose your draft position, and there's you know rankings that come into play. So I would love to get Dobbins on my team. So I'm 100 on board with this pick. I think it's a terrific option. At the same time, he might not be as expensive as he was in August before the injury. There is still a potential that he could have a little bit of a discount because he's not scoring points. But as a rebuilder, even as a contender, to be honest, I'd I'd very happily send. You know, that 112, that late first for Dobbins, I'd much rather have Dobbins on my roster than probably whoever I'm going to get at that 112 in this next draft class. So I think even as a contender, I don't mind making this kind of move. You know what I mean? It's a little different, but I'm, I'm with you. I think it makes sense. Okay, before we move on to your uh, your next guy, uh, uh, Andrew, uh, we have a question in the chat here uh, from the Dynasty Hot Sauce Pod. I'm going to assume this is Larry, who it could be Justin, I guess. I don't know. But uh, considering Zach Wilson's in there, I feel like it's Larry. Um, Zach Wilson, uh, it's a 16-team Superflex, 1.25 tight end premium, start 11. So a lot going on here. Zach Wilson, Alexander Madison, Devin Singletary, 
or 108 Brandon Ayuk, and I guess that's Tony uh, Jones. So uh, either you guys have, have any thoughts on this one? I'll let you go first, JL. What do you think? Zach Wilson for Madison, Singletary, uh, 108 Ayuk, and Tony Jones. I would... This is a tough one. Uh, I think I would rather have the 108 and Ayuk and Tony Jones, actually. Um, it's going to depend a little bit on your QB. So 16 team. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough in 16. Team. Well, it, it entirely depends on your roster. This yeah. is one of those that in a vacuum makes no sense. Why would you do any of these? Like, I could see both sides of this. But if your team has enough quarterbacks, I, I love sending 108 and Ayuk for a starting quarterback. I don't mind that at all. But if your team is is loaded at quarterback and could use some youth and you're not really sure if Zach Wilson's the answer, I totally get the logic of sending Zach Wilson. It, it literally, this is one of those trades that I hate saying it, but like context is everything and we don't have enough of it in my, my opinion. Yeah. My, my, my initial reaction is is with what actually JL said is I'd rather have the 108 Ayuk side. Uh, I'm not even a big Ayuk guy, but he's been showing a little more here since Shanahan let him out of the doghouse. And I've been pretty vocal in my distaste for Zach Wilson. Uh, the only thing is, uh, yeah, obviously in a 16 teamer, if you only have like Zach Wilson, another guy, you can't do this. So well, I, that's why I'm with Dave here. I'm going the QB side and Wilson, right? Dave's just commenting here. Like I, I think in a 16 teamer, Ayuk is remember three weeks ago, eight weeks ago, whatever it was, we were hating on Ayuk. Like he was getting nothing. 108 in this draft might not be that great. It might be a quarterback. We don't know. There's a lot of early. Zach Wilson is going to be the quarterback in there for at least a couple of years. So I don't mind. I think Dave's on the right track here. I would probably take the Wilson side in a vacuum, but again, your team build makes everything on this trade. It's not so cut and dry. And he just chimed in. He only has Herbert. I would definitely take Zach Wilson. If you only have Herbert, like if you're not strong at QB, you got to get Wilson. I a hundred percent agree with that trade. I I agree with that sentiment. I'd rather try and see if I could get someone else rather than Wilson with that. See, I'd, I'd rather Ayuk. get Wilson and then do Wilson plus for somebody better. You know what I mean? Like, this is not the last trade you make. This is not the end of the year. You're not, trades are done after. No, I give me oh, Wilson. Agreed. That helps. I, I think I the no need to go side. out and get a bad quarterback to try and trade him for another <laughs> quarterback. So I'd rather just use the pick and, and, and I can try and get a different quarterback. But, I, again, I'm pretty sure it's Larry. I know he likes them, so go get your quarterback, Larry. I, I agree. I, to me, that's a fair price to pay for a, a low-end quarterback in a 16-team or the 108 and I. So, uh, Andrew, back to so, your uh, back to our trade targets. Yeah, my my other trade target and my last one, I guess, for the night would be, and I think it's kind of odd putting this on a Tuesday instead of a Thursday because he plays on Thursday, but it's Darnell Mooney. Mm-hmm. I think Mooney is one of those guys with with Robinson out and most likely not coming back to the team. I think Mooney is one of those guys that could be an easy wide receiver one on his own team next year. And obviously, a lot of people like Mooney. Whoever's got Mooney is probably a big Mooney fan. So you're not going to get somebody who's going to sell him on the cheap. But I don't mind overpaying for Mooney if he's an ascending asset and I'm sending people who are declining assets. So for me, Darnell Mooney is one of those guys that I love targeting, especially for contenders, but even for rebuilders. Like, what does it take? You know, a first for Mooney plus, a first for Mooney and a third, a first for Mooney and, I don't know, Jared Patterson, like one of those running backs who might be something. Like, maybe that makes sense. So, again, it depends on the uh, construct of your league and everything. But Darnell Mooney is, 
he's coming on. He played well last week with Dalton, and we're going to see him. Everybody's going to see him when they're digesting their turkey this week on Thanksgiving. So I think Mooney could have a big breakout game against the Lions and kind of become somebody that we're all talking about, like Allen Robinson who. So, yeah, Mooney's somebody I love this year, and I think he's just gotten stronger and stronger with every week. Yeah, I like that one too because I, I think Robinson's out of there after this year. He's on the franchise tag. I think part of the reason what we're seeing from Allen Robinson is because he's on the franchise tag and doesn't want to be there uh, in addition to, you know, bad play calling and, and not great quarterbacking until Fields uh, has been coming around late recently. So, uh, yeah, that's a good one. And like you said, I it's you know, his value is rising, but I think it could rise even higher. And Robinson yeah. leaves. I think he's still going to be the guy next year unless, uh, you know, they spend a ton of money on somebody, which I don't think it's an am- – there's some – Good wide receivers out there in this class, but I think the cream of the crop is kind of him and and potentially Godwin is Robinson and potentially Godwin I think so and Robinson isn't staying there so. Uh, well, I Dave is actually putting it perfectly here. It would take a first to get Mooney, but I'm not sure I would pay a first to get him, and that's kind of what we come down to in a lot yep. of this is like buying and selling are different numbers. I completely agree with that logic. It would take at least a first to get Mooney, in my opinion. Because anybody who's got Mooney thinks he's worth a first. They're, they're, I mean, again, I'm saying this generally. But again, if you have Mooney on your roster, you're not going to send it. You're not going to give him away for a second. It's going to take a lot to get him off your roster. But if I didn't have Mooney, it'd take a lot to be like, well, Mooney plus. Like for a first, first is a lot. Maybe a late first. Like if you think you're a contender and it's a 110, 112, something like that in Superflex, I don't mind that. But again, it might take more than that just to get him off that roster. So that's that's one of those prime cases of, Values are so different to buy and sell. Maybe it doesn't work out, but that's who I that's who I would target. Yeah, and I agree with that. I like the idea of trying to get a little plus with it to kind of make you feel better about giving up that first. Like you right. said, even if it's first. like a third, like a 2023 third, you know, so just make me feel a little bit better about it. <laughs> yep. And uh, like my other uh, co-host, Russell, always says thirds get thirds get deals done. So that's right. Uh, so, Jay, you got one more here before we uh, finish up? Yes, I do. Uh, so the last one is uh, CMC. I've been seeing a lot of conversation uh, on our show. We play it. I, I think I mentioned it before our game poll perception. It's all around different trade polls. And, and uh, there's been a lot of CMC plus JT talk uh, mm. in these polls lately. Uh, I think I think a lot of people don't consider CMC the one on one anymore. They see him as old. Uh, he's 25 years old. Uh, they see him as is injury prone, all these different labels. Uh, but what we've seen on the field even as soon as he came back is that CMC is himself. And so I think he is a, a he's a potential value. I I agree there. And I think there's even contenders that could be thinking like, maybe I should get out of CMC now thinking, you know, I can get a decent haul back for him and you would have to give up a decent haul, but, but I still think, yeah, you're going to get that. As long as he doesn't re-injure that hamstring, we, I mean, we've pretty much seen he's kind of eased back a little in that first game. He's picking it up in the in the second game this past week, and I think we're we're seeing we're still going to see prime CMC as long as he he can you know keep those hamstrings healthy and whatever else is uh, hurting him over there. So uh, I, I don't mind that at all. I, I would I would gladly uh, you know try and get a CMC. And like you said, I think you can get him a little cheaper than you could you know even two months ago at the beginning of the season. So uh, because all these injuries are adding up, so. Well- I want to say this. I think there is a there is a maybe a disconnect in uh, in recency bias a little bit in in the I don't know dynasty community at, at large. I think we saw a lot of uh, a lot of people going into last week 
thinking, man, CMC is still the 101. Taylor is good. Najee Harris might be up there. Dalvin Cook, all these names. And then Jonathan Taylor goes out and gets five total touchdowns, 185 yards. He dominates. And everybody is, is immediately is assuming, all right, 101, Jonathan Taylor. Well, hang on a minute now. That was one week. He, yes, he's had a good year. And I'm not at That's, all yeah, I was just bemoaning say, it, Jonathan it's not Taylor. Been just one week. He's no, but I'm saying LT to have eight. Eight games in a row with a hundred and a touchdown. Yep. And we all remember Alvin Kamara last year with the six touchdowns and all this, right? Like it was a dominant performance. It, it won me a couple leagues. It, I didn't win in a couple with him, which is weird. But what I'm getting at with this is I think there is a perception that you could send Taylor for CMC and a solid starting piece. And, and that's where I come back to this whole thing about value. And I think this is where a lot of times the conversation is too nuanced to really have on Twitter when you only have 120 or 280 characters, whatever it is, and everybody's trying to dunk on everybody and you're trying to make one quick comment and then mic drop and be out. There is a lot of conversation to say, all right, what if I traded Taylor for CMC and Deontay Johnson? Wouldn't you say yes to that? Like, what is the logic to be like, is the drop from Taylor to CMC and Dynasty that big? I don't think it is. Listen, this week we could see CMC get five touchdowns. All right, Christian McCaffrey goes out and gets five touchdowns. Taylor gets 110 yards, no touchdowns. Are we all flipping back to CMC being 101? Dynasty cannot be that reactive in my mind. Like, I don't think Dynasty should be that, like, overcorrective. Like, and this is where I think it gets kind of murky because CMC, yes, he's been injury prone, and I'm not arguing any of that, but I'm just saying, like, He's not chopped liver. You know what I mean? Like he, he's not the, he's not done. He's, he's 25. That's not that old. And with C, oh, honestly, with Cam back there, CMC could be back to 2018 CMC, which is the number one running back in all of NFL. So I'm just, I'm just putting this out to be like, Hey, one week samples are great. We like taking victory laps. Everybody on Twitter does it. And I'm a big fan of Jonathan Taylor. Don't get me wrong, but I'm telling you what, if you, if, if somebody comes at me and is like, I need Jonathan Taylor. He's the number one, 101 overall in all of Dynasty. That was Chase. Remember a couple of years ago, Jamar, or weeks ago, Jamar Chase was the 101, right? Everybody was like, Jamar Chase, the 101 in Dynasty. He didn't do anything this week, so now it's Jonathan Taylor. This overreactive thing in Dynasty, especially on Twitter, is, is getting a little bit out of hand, and I think a lot of people are ignoring CMC. So I love that pick, JL. I think that there is actually a lot of value in Christian McCaffrey, and I think if you go out there and, and just, again, Poke the guy that's got CMC. You never know what you're going to get. He has not blown up. He's done terrific, but he has not had that Jonathan Taylor kind of week that makes that manager go, man, he's my guy and I got to have him forever. It's not that case anymore. Like there is a very potential chance here as a contender. You can get CMC for less than you would have even three weeks ago when he was hurt, which is mind blowing. Uh, First of all, Andrew, Dynasty is that reactive, especially on Twitter. Um, but it shouldn't I, be. Is what I always saying. say it's so funny to me for a game that like so many people talk about looking at the long term and all this stuff. We, uh, not me specifically, but we uh, as a whole overreact to every little thing that happens in such a dramatic manner it's so funny Um, it's a prime case of watch what the market does and try to zig when others are zagging right like keep your eyes on the prize let's look at the long picture here christian mccaffrey is still a beast so again great pick john luke i love it and then for both you guys i'll go to you first john luke jt for cmc in the first so we had we played uh i i think eric is saying this because he was in that that uh, yeah, we played a uh, full perception with Marcus Grant today, and that was one of the that was one of the. Uh, Which side did it come out on? 
you remember? I can't remember. I think it was on the CMC plus first side. I'm pretty sure it was. Is but that the side you would go with? That was absolutely the side I would go with. I don't think there's Same. that big of a gap between yeah. CMC and, I, and I'm with you, too. And I think a lot of it is, too, that the other thing with the Dynasty community as a whole is, uh, especially, on again, on Twitter, is extremely ageist. So getting back those years with JT is a, is a big thing there, especially in a Twitter poll. Uh, I assume you would go with CMC in the first two, Andrew? For sure. Yeah, I, I just feel like it's it's almost a no-brainer. The difference between JT and CMC is maybe a third at this point in my book, like maybe a late second. Yeah. I mean, the, the gap is so negligible, but everyone and their mother is talking about JT and Dynasty like he's the next coming of CMC. Well, geez, I don't know. Maybe give me CMC in the first. Are you kidding me? Like, that's easy value. What the heck are we talking about here? I mean, CMC is not hurt right now. And McCaffrey is one of those guys, too. Again, with Cam Newton, we saw this dominate. We saw this happen. This is not an, a Sam Darnold-led quarterback offense. Like Christian McCaffrey is still Christian McCaffrey, but at the same time, his injury proneness, and same with Barkley, right? Like some of these guys that are top-tier athletes are getting hurt in a game where they collide with each other. Whoa, I never saw it coming. Are you kidding me? Like, of course they're going to get hurt. Like, this is part of the game. So I just don't understand why we're all overreacting. Like all of a sudden CMC is chopped liver. Are you kidding me? No, give me the CMC in the first every day. Not even a question. I agree. But I will say in defense of the JT 101 idea is, uh, you know, from week three, uh, I'm sorry, I meant to do that. I messed my stats up. Here. Well, while you look week that up, four, I want to say this. No, I got it. Week, week four on, he's averaging in PPR CMC like numbers. He's average, and that's bolstered by the 50 point week this past week, but he's averaging 29 points a game since week four. Uh, I'm not using this to crap on JT. This is not me saying Taylor is not good. That's not it. Taylor is amazing. Jonathan Taylor is a beast. Yeah, that's and my he point, is winning he, people yeah, leagues. He's, he's amazing. But I just think that a lot of times people are, 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 kind of overwhelmed or like kind of, I don't know, persuaded by that new toy and forgetting the old one. And I think in all honesty too, I think Jonathan Taylor, if you'd asked people before he had this five game breakout, five touchdown breakout in this game, people would probably put CMC ahead of him, but it would have been close. And now it's like, now it's not close at all. And Jonathan Taylor's way ahead. That's one game, man. In all honesty, these guys will most likely have a 50 game sample. And we're looking at one game to decide like where their future is going. Yes. Jonathan Taylor is younger and on a different offense and is not as injury prone. And all. I just, man, I don't know. I feel like if CMC gets five touchdowns this week, is he the number one again? Like, what are we doing? Like you gotta be honestly, like keep your eyes on the price here. The value is easily on Christian McCaffrey in the first, if you're looking at that trade in a vacuum. But again, I understand how it is. I would be happy to send Taylor for CMC in a first, but I'm not, I just, I don't know. I'm not overreacting to it, I guess is what I'm saying. I love Taylor, but I don't know. Yeah, and I, I would have Taylor ahead of CMC because of the age, because he's producing on the level he is now. But, but by I a agree. first? It's not by, by a, a whole first? first? No, no. Like, my I, I agree. I would take CMC in the first for sure. Um, and, okay, so I had one more, and then we'll move on to find me a trade. And this is probably the most uh, expensive of the guys that I, I put down. Uh, it's and, and anyone who's listened to me on here, trade access will be no surprise. It's Deontay Johnson. It's a guy I've been talking about since before last season. Uh, he, he's a great route runner, great at getting separation. And this one actually works as if you're a contender or a rebuilder because he's only 25 years old. And to some people that may be, a, you know, that's old if you're rebuilding. But uh, yeah, the 25 year old still has five years in the league. But 
one of the things I wanted to point out about him, I was listening to uh, JJ Zacharyson on the late round pod today, and he mentioned that Deion, uh, not Deion Jones specifically, Pittsburgh has had the hardest wide receiver schedule so far this year. And Deontay Johnson is still producing as a wide receiver one. If you go on a points per game basis, he's wide receiver 11. He's not going to show that way uh, in your, you know, overall total point, uh, you know, list, but he's wide receiver 11. And he, and the other interesting note that JJ pointed out when he said this is going forward. And again, this is kind of the theme of my guy's schedule. He's got the easiest wide receiver schedule coming up. So, uh, yeah, he's got the Vikings, the Ravens, who've been a bad pass defense this year, Titans, Chiefs. Uh, he's got a lot of nice matchups coming up. And even with this, you know, hardest schedule, I mean, it's ridiculous, his consistency. It's like 14.6, 19.5, 24.2, 15.2, 18.0. He, he, he's maybe not as sexy because he's not going to have that nine for 143 and two touchdowns that you get from Justin Jefferson. But the guy's just going to give you 15 to 25 points like every single week. It's it's insane. He gets targeted like crazy. He's got 95 on the year already. So uh, like I said, works as if you're a contender. works if you're a rebuilder. Go get Deontay Johnson. Uh, any Anything from either of you guys before we move on to find me a trade uh, in terms of Deontay Johnson or anything else before we finish up? Okay. Nailed it. All good. Okay, let's move on to find me a trade then. Uh, this one this week is submitted by friend of the show and member of the Junkies Listener League, Jake Earl, at the Jake Earl on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to get in the settings here. And I'm gonna let, uh, do you have the uh, roster up there, Andrew? Can I let you go through the roster? That's a 12-team PPR Superflex, 0.2 uh, points per carry, 1.5 tight end premium. So a lot of, a lot of going on here in the settings with the scoring. Uh, Four-point passing TDs. And I actually noticed uh, no, no negatives for interceptions, which I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, and 25-man rosters, five taxi. Start 10, quarterback, one of each position basically, plus the super flex, and then five more flex. So it, it, a lot of roster flexibility with this. And uh, not that this is necessarily super relevant for the trade, but the league goes by victory points. And uh, so that, that that kind of factors into where he's at. Uh, he's, I think, uh, I don't have the standings up in front of me. He's got a decent record. His victory points put him at a, at sixth, uh, the sixth spot overall right now. Uh, so he's kind of on the edge of the playoff race, but there's only really seven teams that have a, a playoff shot looking at it uh, in terms of what the victory points are. So it looks like he has a pretty good chance of the playoffs. He's got to beat out one team. So we'll get to his roster then, and then I'll uh, I'll just go over his little summary here after you get the roster, Andrew. Sure, yeah. So I'm pulling up his roster right here if you're following online on YouTube here. So Here's what's happening. This, this, in my opinion, this is a team that needs a little help, but not a lot of help, which is a is okay. I'm fine with that. Um, is I like the team name Fat Tony in a Simpsons League. I'm always a fan of that. Um, but he's got Mac Jones, he's got Matt Ryan, and Russell Wilson as his three starters. I don't mind that in a super flex. I think that's the way to be. Uh running back, you got Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, we were just talking about, but after that, it gets real weak. Receiver, you got Mike Evans, DK Metcalf, Michael Pittman, and that's kind of it, right? That's not the greatest. Tight end, you got Anthony Fersker, Dawson Knox, and Drew Sample. Like a lot of weird stuff there. So not the greatest lineup, but again, there is some potential. And then injury reserve, Quintus Cephas, Tyler Croft, a couple guys on taxi, but 
nothing really that flashy on a 25 man roster league. I feel like you have some, you know, you have some holes. So I guess, JL, what was your trade? Let's start with you before we kind of get into ours. All right. So my trade, uh, it seems like uh, there's obviously a weakness at tight end. I mean, you got Dawson Knox, which which is all right. I don't know if that's a long-term solution, but it's a tight end premium league. Dalvin Cook is definitely uh, the, the type of player who, who I like to see if I can move around in, in, in Dynasty, mostly because like he's reached a ceiling, right? Like how much value uh, you're, Davin Cook is a production play at this point. You know, he's a he's a first round pick in most startup drafts. So I'm not too um uh he's he's absolutely someone I would I would try to be shopping around in a in a uh, with a team like that where you can really um you really wanna I don't know how I, I didn't get a chance to look at the records, but I imagine that um that you you know if you're not contending this year, then the, this is a move I want to make. And so the trade I have is is Dalvin Cook and Antonio Brown for Kyle Pitts. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> uh, I don't hate that actually. Uh, it's I kind of did something a little similar. It, it maybe gives him a little more contention, but it's not like Pitts is a guy like oh well, you're just out if you trade for Kyle Pitts. Right. But he's definitely points wise a downgrade this year from uh, from uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, is it, yeah, Pitts is a downgrade from Dalvin Cook. Um, I just completely blanked there for a second. Anyway uh yeah so but i definitely like i think value wise it makes some sense i mean antonio brown is nice for a contender but really has no dynasty value so i i and i think Pitts at this point even not not necessarily to a contender but i do think he has more uh more dynasty value at this point so and i'm going to kind of get into this with my trade but if he's ready to kind of not worry about this season even though he's in the playoff race i like it a lot uh, Andrew, anything you want to say there before we finish I'll, up? Here? I'll keep mine brief. I think Dalvin Cook is actually a perfect choice to, to move off of. And I saw your trade, so that's why I didn't put it on mine. And we'll get into that. But I love the idea of getting Kyle Pitts on this team because that is your biggest weakness. And I think looking at the numbers on this, the way this league is set up, Fat Tony, the guy that we're looking at here for Jake, he's fifth in the league in scoring, but seventh in record. You're right in the middle. That's the worst place to be in Dynasty. So I love the idea of getting rid of a running back kind of rebuilding, like retooling a little bit. Let's send some some options away to get a good young tight end. I think that's a terrific option for a trade. Yep, I like it. So, Jay, I know we're going a little long here and you need to get out of here. So I just want to let you, uh, you know, sign off, tell, remind everybody where they can find you, uh, all the stuff you're doing. And, and then me and Andrew will finish up with our trades. Uh, after yeah, no, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. This was a blast. We'll definitely have to do it again. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FYF John Luke. And if you want to check out the game show, because watch Rocky just absolutely whoop our ass. Uh, <laughs> check out Front Yard Fantasy on YouTube. Okay. Thanks again for coming on, JL. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Appreciate it. All right. See you guys. Bye. Thanks, man. Okay. So me and Andrew will uh, finish up with our trades. And uh, if anyone's watching, I'm going to get this off the screen. Thank you, Andrew. Uh <laughs> Andrew's quicker with it than I am. So uh, I'll get into, I guess I'll get into my trades since we were kind of talking about Cook there. Um, yep. And just uh, we kind of skipped over it because uh, we knew we had to, you know, JL needed to go here. But I just wanted to just mention, he said it was an orphan team. He took over last winter. Uh, he completely blew it up and put it back together again. Mostly spent all of his draft capital and shipped off uh, McCaffrey and Mahomes. Uh, clearly lacking an impact tight end, which we all, you know, agreed with. And I think all of our trades targeted his tight end. And uh, some depth to compete with the top teams. 
and that is part of it for me here is that there are two top teams that are really really good they're like yeah. hundreds like a couple hundred points ahead of like i think everyone else in the league yeah so the way i looked at this was uh, i i don't mind making the playoffs because he's he's got a really good chance of making it anyway i'm not blowing this up or anything because he's he's done a fairly nice job so far but he's right he lacks depth he's got i mean i was looking at it trying to figure out what his weekly lineup would be and i got to about seven and eight guys and i didn't know who else i would start so he, he's got a pretty weak weak depth in terms of even just filling out a starting lineup so i'm not worried about this season i'm not trying to avoid the playoffs this season or anything but i'm not worried about that so that's what i look to do was move off of cook I think it's a good time to do so. It's, this is probably the peak value he's ever going to have again, right? As we're heading into the playoff stretch, everyone's worried about points. Everyone's worried about having those running backs. Uh, he's still producing right now. As soon as we hit this off season, he's just going to keep declining and declining as a 26 year old, 27 year old running back. Even if he produces, he's going to keep declining. So, uh, I like the idea since I don't think you have – sorry, Jake. I don't think you have a great shot to win the title this year, even if you get into the playoffs. So I, I like the idea of moving off Dalvin Cook, and I had two ideas. One was uh, st I would start by trying for Antonio Gibson and Dallas Goddard, who we also talked about earlier. Um, it, it, like I said, it's hard to fill out his lineup, and uh, I still believe in Gibson, even though I don't expect him to you know, necessarily take a huge jump the rest of this year. I still believe in the talent, and uh, if they can ever get J.D. McKissick out of there, I think we could see a big bump in value because the guy was a friggin' receiver um, yeah. in college, and, and they never used him in the passing game. So I, he has that in his skill set, and uh, Goddard gives him the young tight end. We know we were talking about that he needs a guy he can have for years, not necessarily a stud like we said earlier, but but a guy I think you can put in there every week and feel fine about. Um and for uh, the team he'd be trading him to, which is Otto's jacket, uh, he's, he's essentially that team's third tight end. Team's got Pitts, team's got Hawkinson, and this is actually, I think, the team uh, Andrew yep. you targeted. Uh, yep. So it could make it easier to acquire uh, either of those guys. I think I don't think Pitts is ever easy to acquire, but getting Hawker Goddard off the guy, you know, you could figure, you know, I don't I don't need three of these guys, and let me take Cook, who's to, especially over Goddard. I think is even with the premium, it, Cook is a nice upgrade in points for this guy. Um, and Gibson has been a guy who's been kind of frustrating to own this year. Oh, yeah, I, I know myself. I, I picked up a lot of shares before the season, so uh, he could be ready to be done with him too. If that doesn't work, I did think maybe that's a little pricey uh, for for Cook. I wasn't sure. Uh, maybe not. I mean, I, you know, he might do that. But I also like the idea of targeting uh, Hollywood Goddard in a second. Uh, Hollywood's another guy that I think hasn't gotten the love he quite deserves yet. Uh, he's he, you know, he's a wide receiver one this year. I think he's still going to produce uh, even with Bateman there, even with Andrews there. I do think Lamar's improvement as a passer is going to, and he has improved as a passer, I believe, is going to lead to to more volume there, even when Dobbins is back next year. So Hollywood's converted me, and then you get Goddard, you get the second, you get three pieces, you get depth, uh, you lose the running back, but hopefully you can, you can you know, make a trade somewhere else. I just want to jump in with this. One. I just want to jump in with this. Uh, Otto's jacket doesn't have Marquise Brown, so I don't know if you were seeing A.J. Brown. I think I believe he had him on his uh, injured reserve. No, true. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I stand erected, and that's the other. 
and that's the other thing with him too. It's it's sort of like yep. what have you done for me lately? He's not been getting points from him recently. Even the game before he got you know missed the game last week. I think he had like eight points. Uh, everyone's talking about Bateman. He also another reason I liked it is he has Bateman. And that's where I was going to go with mine. Yeah. Yep. When I have guys like that, when I have two guys like that, I generally do like to, if I can get the right value, I might don't do it just to do it. But I like to split those kind of guys up, which I think makes it more uh, intriguing for the guy you're sending the offer to. Uh, so, I, I mean, I like the Gibson one more. I think you're getting better value back with Gibson and Goddard, especially in a point two PPC. Uh, you want to get the running back. Uh, so, but I wouldn't mind doing the other. So uh, what do you think? And then we can move on to yours. So I, I really I like the Gibson one a lot too. I think that was probably the the better trade that I've seen on on this sheet that we talked about. I think that Dalvin Cook is is an easy piece to trade away to one of those guys in the top three or four. And the way this league is set up, I was going to get into this on mine, but it makes sense here too. The top two teams are hundreds of points, literally two or three hundred, four hundred points ahead of the third place team, which is Otto's jacket. Right. So if I'm Otto's jacket, I'm looking at this like I need to move on. I need to find something that, that helps elevate me up to their level. Right. Which, by I'm the way, is something right? I was looking to do and is good advice to people is, yeah, I I, yep. I did not want to target those top two teams. because If I'm them, I'm like, why do I need to, to do this? Like, that's exactly target. right. I'm looking. I always look at yep. the league standings and kind of see who's who's next in line, who's third. And so, like, you've got yep. Sideshow Bob is 11 and 0. You've got groundskeeper Willie at eight and three, but both of those teams have 2,200 points. And then you got Otto's jacket at 1,874. So it's like Otto's jacket is looking at this like, how am I going to beat these guys? Yep. He needs to make a move to beat these guys. Those guys above him don't need to make a move at all. If I'm, and again, Scott Connor is groundskeeper Willie, Dynasty and Chill, you know, obviously friend of the podcast and everything. I love that guy. He knows what he's up to, right? He's a portfolio <laughs> player like Scott. He, he has 50 teams and is managing all of them probably tremendously well and better than I'll ever manage any one. But the point <laughs> I'm looking at is those are not players I'm targeting in my fantasy league. I would like to get the third or fourth or fifth team. And he is the fifth team, but like third or fourth team, like to kind of say, like, what do you need to put you over that edge? And Dalvin cook could turn Otto's jacket into a contender as we go down the stretch. So I love that logic. And my trade was on the same mindset, yeah. but it's almost looking at more of the future and saying, all right, if I if I have this team, if I am fat Tony in this league, and I'm looking at it like, man, you know what? I just I even if I get in the playoffs, do I really have a chance? Maybe, maybe not. I'm in the middle. Do I really care? I maybe it's time to just move on, right? Like, let me just get out of this. Let me just see what I can do. And I think part of it is the tight end is is obviously a weak spot. So my thought was again, going back to what we talked about before, was send Mike Evans and Dawson Knox to Otto's jacket. For TJ Hawkinson and Rashad Bateman. And you hit on it a little bit. I didn't realize that he had Marquise Brown because he was on IR. That was a smart move. But I'm looking at it still like Rashad Bateman, even with Marquise Brown, this past week without Marquise Brown wasn't great, didn't dominate. Granted, Lamar wasn't there, but that offense struggled in, entirely. And I'm looking at it like if I am Otto's jacket, upgrading from Rashad Bateman to Mike Evans is a substantial upgrade. We don't know how long Tom Brady's going to be there, but he's definitely there this year. And you've got guys on the tight end. You don't need TJ Hawkinson. You're not starting TJ Hawkinson in most situations because you've got Kyle Pitts and Dallas Goddard. So, like, what do you need TJ Hawkinson for? You're probably benching him if you're smart, to be honest, because he's been so hit or miss. Get Hawkinson off your roster at a guaranteed starter like Evans. Yeah, you're giving up Bateman, but again, you don't want to be too heavily invested in, in uh, Baltimore, as we found out. So I just feel like that, to me, was the kind of trade I would do is 
still send a young tight end back, right? You got Pitts, you got Goddard. Those are young tight ends. But Dawson Knox still has some value. And you get Hawkinson and Bateman as a rebuilder, even if you're in the middle. I feel like that helps your team out. It helps Otto's jacket out to be a little bit more contentious as we go through the rest of this year. So that was kind of my thought is that same logic, right? Still send something for a tight end. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on that one, Rocky? I know you're a TJ fan, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I I like it a lot. And I am a TJ fan. I think it'll be even better next year. Uh, I also do like, even though I like Hollywood, I do like Bateman. And uh, I think this makes a lot of sense. And I love the idea of of sending Knox because Knox has some appeal in a guy as a guy that has produced to some extent this year. But if I have him, I'd prefer to get out on him uh, for that value for that. He's got name value. value. Yeah. He's one of those guys. Ooh, Dawson Knox. Yeah. But until this past week, he was not getting this week. He got 10 targets. Um, But until this past week, he was living off of touchdowns uh, before he got injured. So, uh, I, I like moving off from Knox uh, and kind of using that as sort of an appeal to, to maybe, you know, Oh, well, you're still getting Dawson Knox back plus Mike. I mean, whereas uh, I don't really care about losing Dawson Knox. So. Well, it's also, it, it looks kind of clean on a trade. And I, I try to do this if I can, especially if I'm, I wouldn't say I'm trying to sneak something past the goalie here, but like it's a wide receiver and a tight end for a wide receiver and a tight end. So like you're not having to overthink this and be like, well, how is my depth at this position? It's literally just changing of, of both. And sometimes those are, in my opinion anyway, sometimes those are easier to accept. When I get a trade like this in my inbox, I'm like, yeah, all right. I don't have to look at my running backs. I don't have to look at my quarterbacks. Like I know I'm okay on these and I upgrade from Hawkinson to Evans, which for this year is a substantial upgrade on points. And Bateman and Knox, obviously Bateman is more, but I'm not starting Bateman in most leagues anyway with the way this is going. Yeah, when Brown's out, but... I want to go all in and Evans is the best player in that trade. In my opinion, even though I like Hawkins and he's been up and down this year. So there are a lot of people that look at that and go, I just want the best player. That's Evans smash, except move on. All right. Yeah. And uh, I, I like the thing with both of our trades is we basically agree. I think that he's not going to, he's not going to compete this year. So let's move off some of those older guys, get some uh, younger guys, but, but also younger guys that have already proved something other than maybe yeah. Bateman, the younger that value guys. something. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, like you might contend this year, right? Like you're right in the middle of the pack. And I, I can't tell you how many te- how many times I've been in, especially in Dynasty even, where like I've been that fifth place team and I win it all. And I'm like, I did not deserve to win this. You know what I mean? Like my, I, I, that was, no, I did not deserve to win this. But I got lucky. I got hot at the right time. I got the right players. Nobody got hurt. So again, and you're yeah, not giving up value for picks. Yeah, right. Like you're still getting value back for your roster. You're still putting in starting lineup caliber players. If they blow up, maybe you win. I don't know. You're not giving up. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say is, yeah, it's not like you have to just say, oh, well, I'm not making the playoffs with these trades either, because, yeah, you're getting in both cases, guys, you other than the, you know, mine, I included a second in one of them, but you're right. getting a, other than that, you're getting a guy you can throw in your lineup. So, uh, exactly. yeah, I like I like it a lot. It's kind of like it's kind of the perfect move here to do when you're stuck in the middle. You you don't necessarily give up on the season, but you're still looking forward and, and, and getting, getting younger guys who can potentially increase in value. And if you want to move on from them, you can maybe get something else or, or else they just produce a lot more than they're producing now, maybe in 22 or 23. Well, it's like so, a soft pivot, right? Like you're not, it's not a hard pivot. You're not going straight into picks. You're not blowing it up. It's not, it's a retool, not a rebuild as we like, you know, sometimes like yep, to say, exactly. you're pivoting to players that are going to be future worthy, but still have now value. So you're not giving up. That's the whole point. Yep. Agreed. 
so that I think finishes us up here. Uh, so I would just want to, again, even though he's not here, uh, thank JL for coming on. Uh, I, had a, I had a good time talking to him tonight. Uh, also just want to remind everyone where you can find us at dynasty junkies on Twitter. Uh, you can also, uh, watch us at the DAP network, Twitter feed at DAP underscore network. Uh, also subscribe to the YouTube for, for DAP network, uh, click the bell so you can be notified when we're going live, when, uh, timelines going live and all that good stuff. Uh, you can find me at uh, dynasty FF addict, Andrew at Dyn- I'm sorry, at Andrew Hall FF. And uh, our third host, uh, Scott Sidlow, at Scott underscore Sidlow. If you do have any find me at trades, any rosters you want to do to to have us look over and talk about trades with, uh, you can DM any of the three of us or the pod account, and we'll get back to you and use it on the show. Uh, The only other thing I guess I want to say is that if you like what you've heard tonight, please uh, give us a subscribe. If you're not already, a rating and review really helps uh, people find us. So I would love to hear that as well and see what you think of of the show and what we, what we can do to improve. So uh, with that said, I think we're finished. Andrew, you want to take us out? Oh yeah. Another good week. Another good time talking to you, Rocky. Really appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. That's right. Happy Thanksgiving (laughs) and junkies out.